Welcome to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ricky Jane Adams, principal and founder of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence and creator of the Spiritually Fierce movement. Spiritually Fierce is not just a phrase. It is a movement of awakening consciousness of which we are all a part, if we want to be. In each episode, we'll explore what it means to be spiritually fierce, how to become it, and why it is the revolution in consciousness that will save the world. Join me and my fierce guests for deep conversations on spirituality beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age that will support you to increase your power to serve. Welcome everybody to our episode with the divine Catherine Erickson and we are discussing today wealth alchemy. So Catherine is known as the wealthy alchemist, teaching women how to create wealth from within. And after practicing law for 23 years, Catherine began writing inspirational fiction novels, which I must read, and discovered a passion for coaching women on how to reconnect to their abundant selves, their creative powers, and their natural ability to peacefully create abundant wealth. I love that, that peaceful is so good. A certified meditation and mindfulness teacher, her coaching programs are embedded with mindfulness principles and you can find her on Insight Timer, which is a platform we were just discussing. So Catherine's greatest joy is to show women how to connect with their feminine money superpowers. Uh huh. I need to know more about that and create a peaceful relationship with money, abundance and wealth. And her latest book, the one we'll be discussing today, is The Money Tree, Transform Scarcity Thinking to Empowered Wealth Consciousness, which you can get on Amazon. And we will add all the links of how you can access that in the show notes. So welcome, darling Catherine. This is our second time in the last few months we've got to hang out and I fell in love with you straight away, as you know, and <laughs> hope we will continue to spend lots more time together. Yes, thank you, Ricky. I'm so proud to be here and honored to be your guest on your podcast. Yeah, our brand new baby. We're very, very excited by her. And, and when we met, of course, and I saw your beautiful book in the cover, which we'll include in the show notes, uh, sitting behind you, I, I, you know, the, the bells went off and I was like, okay, we need to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> So we are focusing this season, as I mentioned, on not just the contents of our the books of the authors we're sharing time with, but really learning more about the process, the art and craft of writing, because so many of us are drawn to this idea of writing a book. For some reason, it's this archetypal kind of pilgrimage that many of us feel we want to participate in. And even with accessible self-publishing and all the rest of it, lots of us will never follow through on that. So I'm really keen to learn a lot about what you write about, but also how you write. So let's jump into that. Right. Well, thank you so much. Um, my journey as a writer uh, started as being a lawyer. Um, when you're a lawyer, you're very much, uh, and I'm not doing a very good job right now, precise in communication. And so I always knew I loved writing, but doing creative writing, that's obviously a whole different genre. And it took a while for me to realize that number one, I'm good at it. And number two, I enjoy it. Yeah. So my advice to anyone starting out, a book is a big project. <laughs> it's a long-term project. 
So why not start with something smaller? And there's several platforms now where you can just uh, create a membership and start writing. And that's what I've done. The platform I'm on right now is called medium.com. And it's, it's, there are so many spiritual writers there. And the fun part is every morning when I, I have an article published and I go online, I, there's comments. You, you get a little notice up in the top right corner of how many people either commented or clapped for your article. And that's such a motivator. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice to be seen and read. Yeah. So that's my first tip is get an account on Medium and just start writing. I love and a lot, of, a lot of people have written an article every day. Yeah. And if you do that for 30 days, 60 days, you'll figure out what resonates with people and what doesn't. Yeah. And you can take that material because you build a library of content. I love that. And I didn't fully appreciate that until I did it myself every day for 30 days. Yeah. And then when you write an article, you can refer back to something you wrote before and you just feel so accomplished. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think what is really critical about what you're sharing as well is the only way to get better as a writer is to write. You can't think about writing. You've got to do it. And exactly in that short format, you're, you are working the muscle and you're getting, as you say, that real time feedback without having to sort of commit thousands of dollars to producing something which then may not quite hit the mark. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So Medium is one uh, uh, platform and just go on Medium right now and, and check it out. And of course, follow me, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, there's a there's a new platform, too, called Substack, and I'll send you all these this information. And that is a way to build a newsletter list. And you're basically attracting people to you. I, I put out two or three uh, different items a week. Some of them are short, some of them are long, but they have a podcast aspect. Yeah. So I have started up my podcast again as well called Empowered Way Radio. Yeah. And uh, it's been so much fun to just have, I mean, we live in such a great age, Ricky. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm talking to you, you're in Australia. I am in Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, the other side of the world, and here we are having a live conversation. So there's so many different things that you can do. And what I have found is you follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. You don't, when I set a big project, a big goal, I tend to procrastinate. But if I say I'm going to publish an article on Medium once a day, every day for the next 30 days, I can do that yeah. because these articles are only six to 800 words. Yeah. And so you get in that rhythm, you get in the, the, um, the momentum, you build momentum yeah. and you create it yourself. So I would highly recommend anyone who's interested in getting into writing to start there. I love that. And yeah, I do. I think you're absolutely right. You know, going back to that idea, you said the precision of communicating ideas when you have to do it in a short format, you, you tend to learn how to get really to the, to the key point much more quickly and that is vital training i think as well for anyone who wants to write so i'm loving what you're sharing here so tell us about the money tree what is this book all about oh my gosh this is such it was such a fun book to to write and hopefully to read but i call it a spiritual parable it's fiction but i tried to include all or most of the concepts that i teach my clients 
which is money is energy. That's all it is. It's neutral. Um, we put our, our own stories and our own beliefs on it, and it will morph into mirror those stories and beliefs back to us. And then money is just a tool. It's not the goal. And so in my wealth coaching, I teach my clients who are women to go within and access the abundance that we are all capable of accessing. And from that, create the abundance that will come without. And so the money tree came about because during COVID 2020 quarantine, you know, the whole world shut down. Um, my, I, my business really slowed down and I had to do something because I saw so many people losing their jobs, getting fear was just taking over more than the, the COVID, the coronavirus. Yeah. And I wanted to write a short book that people could pick up and read and say, oh yeah, I remember. And so that's where the money tree came about. And the actual story, if you want me to go into that just real quickly, yes, um, yeah. it, it, divine love is actually a character in the book <laughs> and yeah. divine love sends this little spirit down to earth to become the money tree. And there's many conversations between flow, the money tree and divine love that I just, it just came out of me. There was, it was one of those channeled things that I just was like, oh, wow, that was really good. <laughs> but it wasn't me who was writing it. So that's what I meant that it was so much fun to just allow that to flow through and to create these beautiful characters that are with us every day. We're just not aware of them. Yeah. I yeah. want to pick up on that point around that feeling or experience of channeling as you write. Now, I know this is not unique to spiritual authors, um, in inverted commas for those who aren't watching on the on the YouTube, that that experience, though, is something that we as spiritual people tend to understand. And so often, that's also my experience of it, that it's like, me, the the identity of me just kind of it dissolves or gets out of the way and there's this great sense of grace and flow that infinite consciousness getting to take the lead and i want you to talk a little bit more about how that happens for you or you know can you engineer it or is it something that's spontaneous you know i think it's such a vital thing for us to understand right right um if i could engineer it <laughs> it would be Everyone would know about it. So with that said, the way I wrote this particular book, and I've written several other books, um, but this one felt the most channeled. Yeah. Every, every morning I would get my iPad out. And after I did my meditation and journaling, I would sit down to write. Yeah. And I would ask God, divine love, spirit, the universe to take the story to the next step. And then I would just wait and see what came through. And sometimes nothing would, you know, sometimes it just, I, maybe I wasn't in the right level of consciousness, but what I discovered is that on, on those times when I didn't get an answer, I didn't get an idea, I didn't know where I was going. If I went back and read what I had done the previous day, that almost primed the pump. Yeah. So it, it primed my brain to, okay, this is where we can go. Yeah. So then I would, you know, write that for however long it would take and then close, 
you know, save it, close my iPad, and then think about it the rest of the day, because I did have to know where it was going. It, it wasn't just a, you know, fun story that every day I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know what the ultimate goal was, but I wasn't sure how everyone was going to get there. Yeah. So that's where the channeled grace and the channeled wisdom came through. And it's been, it's been well-received. And I just, I love that process of the creation, the co-creation yes. with the divine. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for expanding on that. And you've touched on that idea in the yogic tradition, there's this idea of effort and ease and finding the balance between both. And I just spoke about this in the uh, first episode that I recorded, which is we need to trust that flow absolutely but there's also a level when we're writing of that inner discipline where we can't just let ourselves off the hook because it feels hard today and that we do have to have a plan and i see sometimes there is that uh that sort of excuse making that can happen it's like oh i just i wasn't in flow today you know god didn't want me to write it's like well how about we sit down and we edit or we research or we do something else and i know that's exactly how you would work is that we we have to find an inner discipline to be able to complete a, a project like a book and to complete it well and to find that beautiful space that between the effort and the ease the flow and the sweat you know and and i love the way you're describing that because that's you know exactly what you had to do sometimes you had to agitate yourself a little into the writerly process Yes, thank you for recognizing that. So you've reminded me of something I talk about in the book, which is the feminine creation formula. This is what I call the feminine creation formula, which is being first, then doing, and then having. Yeah. So in Western society, we're taught what I call the masculine formula, nothing wrong with it, but it's do have be. You act first, then you'll get what you're searching for or striving for, and then you'll be happy. But the yeah. feminine switches that. Yeah. And being comes first. Yeah, yeah. Then doing. And you allow your doing to be informed from the being energy. Yeah. So that's what I really used when I was writing that book. And after I, I was happy with the content, there were other steps that the, the masculine formula helped carry forward. Yeah. So it really is an identity, um, knowing when you need to use which formula. Yes, yes, I love that. And I mm -hmm. agree, you know, it is that beautiful dance between the Shiva mm -hmm. and the Shakti or the masculine and feminine right. and keeping that all in balance. I mean, that's the key to everything, isn't it? Like it's, it is finding that, that balance within, between those two uh, seeming polarities, which are all one. So tell me then, What's the hardest thing about writing for you? Knowing when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> when it's book yeah. two, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Right, no, well, uh, like with the money tree, I, it, I wanted it short, I wanted it easy to read. I wanted you to be able to read it in, you know, just a couple hours, yeah. not, not a big, you know, 500 page novel. Yeah. This is a parable. Yeah, that hopefully you can go back and dip into when you need a reminder, or it's something that you can share with your family or friends. So it was knowing when the story was complete. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's, it is an act of discipline, again, isn't it like to not uh, indulge ourselves. And there's a favorite saying that I'm not sure who said it first, but you know, knowing how to kill off your darlings, 
you know, those things that are just like, oh, it's I love it so much. I just want to keep this in here. But actually, it's not serving this book at all. But I want it. So having that willingness to go, okay, this is not the place or this is not the book for that or yeah. And believe me, that is the hardest part. I should have said editing and then knowing when to stop. So I also, this was the first time I hired a professional editor and she made all the difference. Um, yeah, she I wonder, was that a yeah. substantive edit or a copy edit or both? Um, it was a uh, kind of a story edit. Yep. Um, she had been with me as I developed this story. She actually is a, a creative writing coach. Yeah. And I was part of her small group and we each had to write a certain amount of words uh, before the next meeting. And this went on for six weeks yeah. and then we would read it and we would get feedback, which is something else I would highly suggest if you're writing a book, you need that feedback as you're developing the story and the characters. Yeah. And the, the group gave me all kinds of great ideas that I never would have thought of on my own. And then after I took those ideas, put it in a manuscript form, gave it to the editor, Cindy Childress, she came back and said, well, I really want to see more of this character. And you kind of need to tone that down. You come across a little too harsh here. And to me, I had lost all objectivity. I could not have seen that. So that's why even just getting a trusted friend to read your work and give you their feedback is invaluable. Absolutely. I love that. I think, you know, there is that, as you say, that group energy is so profound in that accountability as well. But it's also about having the right feedback and a group of writers, a chosen editor, rather than just sending it out to anyone or, or sharing prematurely, which is something I see people doing, is that you've got to be really discerning about who you put this into the hands of and are they representative of your audience, you know? And these are things, you know, from a copy edit point of view, sure, anyone's going to be able to tell you where you're making um, grammatical and syntax errors, but really knowing that you're, you found that community who can give you the feedback that's going to be most useful to you. Yes, no, that is invaluable. And it also made me feel very supported, which I, I really appreciated because the tree talks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm a magical realist, baby. That's right. right. Up alley. <laughs> uh, yeah. So magical realism at its best. Right. Yeah. And I do have to say there were one or two people in the group that were very um, business minded. And they couldn't get over the fact that, well, the tree talks. <laughs> <laughs> but you've already said it's a parable. Like, I know like, I'm allowed to do whatever I like in that. <laughs> anyway, they, they didn't quite get it, but I think at the end they did. So it was fun to hear their feedback as well. But you're so right. It has to be uh, representative of your readers. Yes. Yeah. And it's OK to not please everybody and to know that there is no book out there that really is going to make everybody happy and that's not you you don't want to serve everybody so why would you want your book to be popular with everybody exactly yeah. exactly so yeah. it's it's a learning process for sure yeah. <laughs> so i want to ask a few questions about you and i've got uh some that are really relative re relevant to what we're discussing first of all are you working on any other books right now actually i am <laughs> You want to tell us a little bit? Can we get a little preview? Well, I can't decide if I want this to be a sequel or just a standalone book. Yeah. But I think you and I talked about this the first time we met. I really believe that we are at the cusp of developing what I call the divine economy, yeah. 
which is a spiritual give and take between people that's based on energy, basically. And when you become aware of that energy exchange, you'll, you'll, there's so many different aspects to it. So I haven't quite fully developed it yet, but it's a, it's a higher level of consciousness in terms of interacting with another person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Write that one. That's yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, it could be part of the series and not necessarily have to be a direct sequel, you know, of, of the last book. Well, and I, I've thought about that. So I've written down ideas and this is another technique uh, that's very helpful as a writer. Um, if you have an idea, but you, you know, you just can't seem to flesh it out when you're sitting down. Be sure that as you think about it during the day, you capture anything that comes up related to that. So I have Evernote folders on this divine economy and I will read something and think, oh, that is perfect. What a great idea and make a note of it in my folder. And I have an outline for the book. I have it, you know, I just, I'm still kind of gathering. It's not quite time yet for me to start that. Because yeah. a book is, it's pretty all-consuming, as you know, because you wrote your book. Yeah, absolutely. And I love yeah. that, that that research phase is vital. And I think uh, that it, a lot of people don't invest in that time. And I'm with you, you know, I, I always have something to write down ideas because you will not remember. If you don't write it down at the moment, do not pretend you'll remember because you won't and then it will be gone. So always recording ideas as they pop up. And I think, you know, as a writer, having that is so important. And it's so fun to go back and look at that. Um, I read somewhere and I can't remember who said this, but um, God drops ideas all the time into into people's awareness and consciousness, but only a few will act on it. Yeah. It's so, like big magic. Elizabeth Gilbert talks a lot yeah, exactly. about that idea yeah. of, you know, and if you wait too long, she's going to give the idea to someone else. Like God's going exactly. to take that from you and hand it on. What are you reading right now? Because for me, I'm only a good writer when I am reading. Oh my. Um, I am reading uh, several books, actually. Um, there's a book called Sacred Success. Actually, yeah. Here's my stack. (laughs) Very neatly organized. Sacred Success by Barbara Stanny. But this is the book that just I keep coming back to. Oh, yeah. I need to read that. Tosha Silver's It's Not Your Money. We'll add that to the show notes. I love Outrageous Openness. And I know a lot of my students have read this one and I have to grab it. So thank you for the reminder. That, that is whenever I find myself getting worried about money um, or becoming a bit anxious because there was a bill I didn't expect that came in, I go back to that book. Yeah. And yeah. she has all these offering prayers that as you say them, you realize you were just making it all up, yeah. making the whole worry and the anxiety up. And there was no need to, to live in that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love Tosha Silver as a writer as well, because, you know, Outrageous Openness was a series of columns that she, you know, she was published in a newspaper at the time, but it goes back to what you were recommending around how we uh, develop a body of work is that you, if you are publishing a short article every day or every few days, you can then bring that together and create a book out of that. It doesn't have to be from scratch, you know. My latest book that's coming is all of my, you know, important teachings and talks from the last 
five years that I've transcribed, uh, which can also happen so easily. I've used Otter to, to voice record um, that I then am editing into a book form. So it, there's no need for this to be like sit down with a blank page and, you know, try and figure out what you want to say. If you're on message, which we should be, if we're speaking from our why, from our passion, we will have said these things somewhere or written them somewhere enough times to be able to repurpose that. Yes, that's brilliant. I love it. And I can't wait to read that. <laughs> well, I, have it. I just printed it out. I very rarely print out, but I printed oh, wow. out a stack of hundred and something pages, which I'm, I'm a little bit old school when I get into the editing. I really like to pen hand paper. Like I find that because we, we as writers often don't see our own mistakes, which is why hiring an editor is so great, as you said, because um, we get lost in our own, you know, I know what I'm trying to say. It's obvious. What is something that people misunderstand about you? Ooh, um, <laughs> I have had people say, well, why did you quit practicing law? <laughs> I mean, like that was the dumbest decision ever. And it was actually the most uplifting and uh, expanding decision I could have done. Yeah. Um, that's something. Uh, and I've written about that. Uh, and is that because people don't understand why you'd leave a professional career and, and probably a great income and, you know, right. the, the respect of being a lawyer and follow exactly. some other passion? Yeah, exactly. So to me, uh, becoming a lawyer and then practicing law was part of the linear process yeah. of, you know, do you have B, that masculine formula? And when I decided to leave, and I was also raising my daughter at the time, so that played into it, that's when all the creativity just came up. I mean, it was a tsunami of just ideas and stories, and it just uh, filled me with such love and passion. I couldn't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't see a way to combine that with law. Yeah. <laughs> there were just two different systems. So <clears throat> I loved being a lawyer. I still call myself a lawyer. Um, I don't know if you know of any lawyers, but it's, it's kind of gets embedded in your psyche. Yeah. But yeah. I'd like to say that, you know, I'm now, you know, the spiritual writer, coach and speaker, and I just love sharing these concepts with people to open up their awareness and have them step back into that inner relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, my experience, you know, as a former academic is nothing is lost on our journey and the skills that are embedded in us, those, you know, that high level quality education and experience is, is part of what makes us able to do what we do in the world today at the level that we do it. So, you know, there's no missteps, but knowing when to, to pivot and when to change is so, so important. It takes that courage that many people don't have or understand well and they may not be ready for it i was ready yeah yeah so, so if today was your last day on earth what would you want everyone to know what would you tell us oh that you are so loved you are naturally abundant you inherit the universe you are universal energy. And when you get in touch with that, your life will change forever. Yeah. Jema, Jema. Jema. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, dear Catherine. I'm I'm so grateful for your time and your wisdom. As you know, I, I just adore you and I, I hope we get to spend a lot more time together in our future. Yes. Um, and we will make sure everyone has all of the links that you've mentioned and especially to your beautiful parable, The Money Tree. And I hope that it the next book is going to feel ready to be brought out into the world because undoubtedly uh, we're ready for it. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And you are so lovely. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, beautiful Catherine. Moment to tell you about the Intuitive Intelligence Trainer Certification Program. We are opening up for interviews for our 250-hour trainer program beginning in July 2022 for women and September 2022 for men. The very first time we are welcoming men into the container of this program. This is a gold standard, world-class, groundbreaking training in consciousness and intuitive intelligence development. We train to awaken intuition and consciousness in others, not to read them, not to tell them the answers, but as we do so for ourselves, to develop the intuitive intelligence of those that we serve. This is the key to the spiritual revolution that the world is needing right now. I would be so honored if you would take the time to head to our website, instituteforintuitiveintelligence.com take a look at the prospectus you can find all the information you need including on scholarships that we have available and everything you need to know about your decision to participate in this life-changing work invitation to this program uh, or introduction to the program is by invitation so you will interview with me my name is dr ricky jane adams I am the principal of the Institute, and it would be my absolute privilege to get to know you and together we can establish if this program is the next best step for your life. Head to instituteforintuitiveintelligence.com or just Google us and you'll find everything you need.